Our Heavenly Father, we recognize that you made this body that we live in. It is your temple you created for your purpose. And we are praying today that as Bill and Angela go to L.A., that the surgery that is going to be performed, that you will bless the doctors, give their hands steadiness. Would you bless and be with them? We know that healing comes from you. We know that you are all scientific. You made the body. You made um, the cure. You are the cure. And we thank you that you have given mankind the ability to learn the body and the various things in order to help the body. So we pray for Bill and Angela as they go. Now bless their friend who just was diagnosed with cancer. And we're praying for this experimental uh, procedure that will be taking place. We pray that it will go well. We thank you for um, blessing him to bless Bill and Angela. Now may you be honored. Not only give traveling mercy there and back. May they also have a wonderful time while they are there. Reduce the pain that normally accompanies surgeries. And pray that you will make it bearable. Other people that are not feeling well in their bodies right now. Trish who has a blockage, we're praying and lifting her up today in a special way in the hospital, that you will bless her and help her and the family. Lift up Mother Catherine right now, and knowing that she must be worried, that you, God, will help. Others in this congregation right now that may have been sick, may be going through things, we just bring it before you right now that you will meet every need. We give you all the glory and praise in the matchless and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Have you? Last week, I, I, I failed to, to uh, give. I failed to um, recognize a dear friend of mine, um, her birthday. Sister Essie is a dear friend of mine. And, and last Monday was her birthday on the 9th. So let's say happy birthday first to uh, Sister Essie. Sister Essie, let's say happy birthday to Sister Essie. Essay. And then yesterday, a, a person by the name of uh, um, LTLB Latours Brickley had a birthday, um, put, putting the mask on. Uh, we want to see you, brother. We want to see you. <laughs> Latours had a birthday on yesterday. So, Latours, uh, Latours, did you get your birthday present? Is it? Is it? It's outside. It's, it's, it's outside. Make sure I see before you leave here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. On the 19th of this month is a very special birthday for a person that I know a little bit. Sister Melanie Small is going to have a birthday on the 19th of this month. Sister Melanie, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Sister Melanie. Oh, there you are. <laughs> she'll, be, she'll be 23. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Another birthday this month. We'll, as we get closer to your month, we will be sure to acknowledge you. Philemon chapter 1. We read 17 the last time, but I wanted to pick up there for context through 22. This is how it reads, Philemon 1, 17 through 22. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, Charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. To say nothing of your owing me 
even your own self. Verse 20. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I'm hoping that through your prayers I will be graciously given to you. We continue today with our theme and our subject and our title, Writing to a Friend with a Very Special Request, Part 6. Writing to a Friend with a Very Special Request. The last time that we met, I gave you points four and five. We noted the directness in the appeal that Paul made, and that was related to verse 17. We note the directness in the appeal. And point five was we note the legal obligation in the appeal. That was verse 19. Today we're going to look at another point, and I'm titling that we note the warmness in the appeal. As we have been going through this particular book, Philemon, we have come to find out that slavery was a part of the Roman Greco system and that Philemon had a slave by the name of Onesimus who had run away. It is not clear what he had done. And we noted that Paul was not writing to Philemon asking him to free him, but that he would treat him now differently as Philemon, the owner, has a slave now who has become a believer. Onesimus, after having met Paul, while Paul was on house arrest in prison, had come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result, Paul now is sending, and in fact, some believe that at the time of this writing, that word I am sending actually in the Greek means that I have already sent because the letter would have been read by Philemon if, as if Paul was there. Onesimus would have been one of the ones possibly to have taken the letter to Philemon. So Paul writes to him saying that because he has changed, I want you to accept him not so much as a slave, but I want you to accept him now as a believer. Do you not know that when you come to the Lord that your nature changes? You are a new creation, a new creature in the Lord. It's because of the work that the Lord himself does on the inside of a person that makes you new. He pours himself into you, a sinner that's saved by grace. Your status is always a sinner that has been saved by the grace of God. He pours his righteousness into your life. You become a changed person because of the work that he does through and in your life. It's not because we deserve it. It's because of his goodness. And Paul, in writing to Philemon, says, now he is just like us, a sinner that has been given the grace of God. Would you accept him back in this new, in a different way than how he left? The warmness in the appeal. Paul seems to play, in verse 20, on the name of Onesimus by saying, I want some benefit. Some of the commentators believe 
that there is a pun that Paul is developing here. As Onesimus' name, the name means useful, and it actually also means profitable. And so as Paul says, I want to benefit, it would be tied in. It's a similar name related to Onesimus. So when Paul says, I want some benefit, some believe, believe that in, in this writing because Philemon would be a, an educated man that he would have gotten the pun that Paul was saying that I want some benefit now from you. <laughs> the name Onesimus, useful, profitable. In verse number seven, Sister Michelle, do we have verse number seven? Paul uses the word refresh. Look at this. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother. This is Paul speaking to Philemon. Because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed. Notice what Paul says in verse 20. Yes, brother, I want some benefit, some benefit from you, the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. The same word, refresh. Paul had legally obligated himself, if you recall the last time, to pay back whatever debt Philemon, or Onesimus rather, owed. Paul says, I take the stylus, the pen, in my own hand, and he writes... Some were believing that to make the letter genuine that Paul took the pen and wrote so that he would know that it was Paul. But that wasn't the case. When Paul took the pen and began to write that whatever he owes, Paul was legally obligating himself to pay whatever debt it was that Onesimus had incurred. The Bible never states what it is. Do you not know that God, when he wipes your sins away, into the sea of forgetfulness. He doesn't go back dredging it up anymore. He just lets it go. All of our sins have been wiped away. There are some signs that say no fishing. We need to put that in the lives of some people. No fishing. Don't be going to get no fishing pole trying to pull and drag some stuff up from the past. Let it go. <laughs> because of the heaviness, as Paul has started with this wonderful praise of Philemon and then got to the point of the business of why he was writing and then legally obligating himself. It seems as if Paul kind of lightens the matter again here because of the heaviness and kind of moves to this part here. You know, Philemon, I want some benefit from you specifically. While, while Onesimus is going to be useful to you now, I want you to be a benefit to me. In the Lord. <laughs> Anesimus would be a benefit to Philemon. He would be and has been a benefit to Paul. Can you imagine that Colossae, but what I guess is a thousand miles from Rome, how in the world did Anesimus get there? Well, he got there by boat. But that, that brother got on that boat and he, he went a long ways. Reminds me of Jonah who's trying to run from the Lord. <laughs> I'm going the other direction. Do you not know you can't go the opposite direction of what the Lord says? <laughs> you will run into trouble. And Onesimus is no different. He ran into trouble. He ran into Paul. Some good trouble. <laughs> and it changed his very life. Philemon had been good at refreshing 
the hearts of the believers, of the saints. And Paul says, Philemon, just like I know you have been to others, I want you to also now be that to me. You have been known for being a person of refreshing others. I know your character, Paul uh, Philemon, and now I want some benefit from that which I know you have been to the body of Christ. And so here's the irony. As Philemon has blessed others, Paul says, now I want you to be a blessing to me. Refresh. Verse 21 says, confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will, even, you will do even more than I say. Some commentators take verse 21 to be the beginning of a new section. But many others believe that should not be the case because of the close tie-in to verse number 22. So while some commentators believe that the beginning of this, or what this verse states, it begins a new section, many don't believe that because of specifically 22. So Paul says, confident of your obedience. Paul up to this point has not at all demanded that Philemon accept Onesimus back. What has he done? Paul has been appealing to Philemon as a, as a brother, as a believer, as one who wants to please the Lord. He did not demand that he did it. He said, I could have, in my role as an apostle, I could have demanded that you do the right thing. But he says, no, I want this to come from your heart. Have you ever been in a situation when you wanted a person to say something from the heart? You tell some kid, say, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, no, say it like you mean it. Sorry. <laughs> How are you going to demand that they mean it? All they're doing is changing inflection the voice. <laughs> God wants us to have a changed heart. Because a changed heart will reflect in how and what is said. You know, you growing up, you were told, now go outside and apologize, y'all go get along. Kids, they, they, if you leave kids long, long, if you leave them alone long enough, they'll get it right. They'll go on and date like, just like nothing ever happened. Back out playing. Adults, 40, 50 years later, still remembering what happened. <laughs> I remember when. <laughs> Paul says, Philemon, don't remember. Just now know he's a changed man. I tell you, boy... If we can remember how good God has been to us. Oh, if we could say, when a person comes and says, will you forgive me? Sometimes we can say, oh, God, you've forgiven me. Yes. Sometimes, have you ever been a person that you tried to hold a person and you just really couldn't? You said, I'm going to be mad. I just need some more. I just need a little bit to be mad. Can I be mad for a little bit, please? Don't try to take that away from me yet. I'm not ready to give it up yet. <laughs> have you ever been there? Am I the only one? It's only been five minutes. I need at least four, a couple of hours to be upset. <laughs> Don't take that away from me. <laughs> I can imagine that as Paul writes this letter to Philemon, and as he moves to this section here, and as I said, as Philemon would be an educated man, he would get the pun. He said, I want some benefit from you. I know you're going to even do more than I even ask. <laughs> what, what, how could Paul be so confident? 
Because he knew Philemon to be a man that went well above and beyond what was asked of him. So what Paul is referring to, what Paul notes, he says, confident of your obedience. Not that Paul had demanded or had charged him to forgive, but he knew the character of Philemon. He says, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. Why? Because he had been known for doing that which is right. As Paul was a friend and could be trusted and had good judgment, Philemon would not have any reason to believe that Paul would be trying to take advantage of him. Philemon didn't have to have that concern that Paul would try to take advantage of him. Paul had the good intentions of Philemon and of Onesimus. There are times when a person says or does something to where you don't know if they have your best interests at heart. You're questioning, why did they really come? Why did they really say? Because you may not know. Here Paul says, I know who you are. (laughs) Now, the doing of this and the asking of Philemon to do this is not even for the purpose of Paul asking Philemon to let him go from slavery. That's not what he's doing. Nor is it even what Paul mentioned before in verse number 13. Do we have 13, Sister Michelle? I think I gave 13. It says, I would have been glad, this is Paul, to keep him, referring to Onesimus, with me in order that he may serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment. So while you, Philemon, couldn't be here, I would love to keep Onesimus here. But some say that Paul is really trying to say, you're going to do more because you're going to send him back to me since I need him. No, Paul is not necessarily even asking him to do that. Paul is genuinely wanting him to do the right. See, some commentators believe that Paul is saying certain things because he's trying to guilt him into having Philemon forgive him so that he could be given some benefits, or that maybe he can send Onesimus back to be a help. But no, Paul wants him to do whatever he's going to do of his own accord. There are times when I wanted some extra money to go someplace, and sometimes my parents, you know, we didn't always do it, you know, get, do some extra chores. We had chores growing up. But sometimes if you did a little extra, you might get a little extra. And so... We at times would want to do something because we knew there would be a benefit because of what we did. And so we had a purpose. Paul's purpose in speaking and, and coming to Philemon is for the furtherance of the gospel. Keep this in mind. Paul's heart, even while he is in prison, is for the purpose of the gospel going forward. His interest and his motivation is right. Have you ever been in a place to where your motivation has been questioned. But here it is. Get this. Paul says, I know, Philemon, that you're going to do what's right because I know you. Now, what Paul is saying here is that we need to keep this in mind. When a person has been a sinner, which we all have been, and has said yes to the will of God, you have to be very careful that you don't always go back to their sinful life and say, I'm just waiting for them to blow it. You follow me? Philemon, because he did not yet know, wouldn't have known of the change, he would have to be very careful. Says, I'm going to sit here and watch him, which he would have done because I really don't know. But why? Philemon knew Paul. He knew the character of Paul. And so he could trust what Paul had to say. Verse number 22. 
At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers, I will be graciously given to you. Paul hoped to be released from prison. It is believed that even during the writing of Philippians, that possibly Paul may have been, was released, but may not have made it to Colossae. When Paul is speaking about this matter of prepare a guest room for me, it was common that when individuals would travel, missionaries, preachers, they would stay in the home of the individual or someone in the city. When we had revivals here in the 60s and the 70s, it was common for the evangelists to stay at the home and people at the, at the house of the pastor or some, of some member. It was just quite common to have them stay there. There was a person by the name of Eddie Sutherland who came from D.C., powerful man. He would preach and he would stay at the house. He would sometimes stay at um, Sister, Ruby, at Ruby, Sister Ruby's, their place, Sister Ola B. McLean. And you were not allowed to bother the evangelist. They say, don't, don't bother the evangelist because he's praying. So as kids, we always thought, wow, we got a holy person staying in our house. So we had to be careful. And it seemed to only come out that room when it was maybe time to eat to go to the restroom. But they were in that room. My mind was like, what are they doing in there? Well, we just know we had to be quiet. And I told you before, it was our room that he stayed. So you know we had to be, our room going to be holy after that. <laughs> Got some holiness in there. Brother Sutherland. And then there were times when we would go travel in groups of people. And so the saints would have different ones stand at their houses when we would go to Seattle, when Seattle would come here. It was wonderful. Wasn't the concern at that point. Okay, who do we got standing here? Do I, do I need to stay up all night? <laughs> it was awesome. So as Paul says, prepare a guest room. Now I want you to note this carefully. Paul would travel with different ones because as Paul would travel, there would be times when he would go from place to place. Others would at times accompany him. Now, when he says prepare a guest room for me, in this case, it might be where Onesimus, who had some means, might be more than willing. But it's believed that what Paul is referring to here is, I want you to search out a place that I may be able to rent with those that will be with me. But it was common to have them stay in places. Now, something that I didn't like and don't like is when it's presumed by somebody that I'm coming to preach and you're going to house me. Um, that's a little different. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that alone right there. <laughs> now, note what Paul says, for I am hoping that through your prayers, I will be graciously given to you in verse 22. Now, note carefully. Up until this point, Paul has been speaking in the singular to Philemon as he is writing this. But then he goes to the second person, plural, the pronoun. And he says, for I'm hoping that through your prayers. He now goes to your, not just Philemon, but his wife, who may be at the very beginning of the verse, Archippus, his son, and the church that's meeting in their home. Paul uses in this construct a plural pronoun, whereas before everything has been singular. 
For I am hoping that through your prayers. Why? Because the church had been praying for Paul's release. They had been praying that Paul would be delivered. And Paul is saying, based on your prayers, I'm believing that God is going to answer. So I want you to make preparations. Isn't it wonderful that when you pray, you begin to act and respond as if the prayer is already answered? Do you not know that pleases God when you begin to move and you begin to act as though God has already said yes and you just say, it's just a matter of time before it's done. That takes faith. Do you not know that God says he loves a person that has faith? Without faith, it's really impossible to believe him. God loves the faithful. He loves when a person says, now God, this is what you said in your word. You said it, Lord. And I'm, I'm, look, I'm quoting. Here's what you said. You said it right here. See, I'm going to read it to you, Lord. <laughs> and it pleases the Lord. How many of you, after praying, move about as if God has already said yes and you began preparing for the answer? Don't even see it. Now, there's times I have to tell you, I get up still doubting. Oh, Lord, I, I don't know. Just got through praying. But I don't, I, I, I'm, I've been there. But there's times that no, I know. The Lord has said. Let me say this as I begin to bring this to a close. We never hear or don't know all the details that happened with Philemon and Onesimus, but the assumption is that Philemon must have forgiven him. When we look at the Word of God and look at what God is doing, we always have to keep in mind and remember that God knows what is best. And when he does things, and when he acts, and when he moves, when he does a work, we have to keep in mind, we have to keep in mind that he has our best interest at heart. Just absolutely incredible. Yesterday, Mel and I went on a walk. It had been a long time since we had walked. I'd been busy. And my body let me know that I hadn't walked in a while. I didn't say anything to her. My body was telling me, you haven't walked in a while. But I got out there and I walked. I'm planning to go again this week. My body was aching when I got home. What's significant about that? You see, when you haven't done something in a while, there are results and there are things that let you know you haven't done something in a while. When you haven't prayed in a while, you begin to know you haven't prayed in a while. You've got to exercise prayer. You've got you to work. You gotta, prayer is not this, just simply let me just get down and I'm praying. Oh, thank you, Lord, right in the spirit of the Lord. No, sometimes you've got to push some things aside because your mind can be 3,000 miles away. You've got to prepare when you pray. Paul is talking about prayer here. Talking about this matter here. And when you exercise, when you do something consistently, you'll see the results. When you begin to pray and you trust God, you can begin to say, God, no matter what the answer is, I thank you and trust you. I'm going to go on. I don't lose sleep like I used to before. I used to worry a lot. Don't worry about a whole lot. There are times I do now. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I do. But my prayer says, Lord, let me have rest. Give me peace of mind. Can you imagine what Paul is saying here to Philemon? Philemon, I know you have been a man of prayer. I'm going to trust that you're going to do the right thing. 
I'm not going to even bother you about this other thing over here. I'm just going to trust, based on what you've done before, you're going to do what's right. And we'll have some benefit in the Lord. (laughs) Right now, what have you been praying about, asking God about, dealing with, and what are you doing about it? Have you, are you at a place in your life where you have prayed and you said, Lord, I know you're going to work it out. Or are you at a place where you say, Lord, I just don't know what to do. When Paul prayed, he learned to leave it in the hands of the Lord. He didn't sit here and fight with Philemon. What did he do? He prayed, says, I believe that based on your prayer, that which you have prayed for, It's going to come to pass. I want to encourage you today that no matter what may be happening in your life, take Paul's example. I know you've been a praying man. I know your family. I know the church. And based on what you have already been praying about, I believe the Lord is going to answer the prayer. I believe he's going to move. On this past week, our executive team met, and one of the things that came up is we want to offer prayer in the modular, and our power is going to be back on later this month, we hope, <laughs> because they had to go through a, a special um, this special procedure, so they're working on that. They're going to come on the 20th, and when that's done, they should have it back on, but it's taking a while. But we're going to have, for those who want special prayer right after church, is to meet Sister Michelle in the module. It doesn't have to be anything long if you want prayer. We're going to be offering that on Sundays after church, even if you, after you want to get your things there. Because there are some times where you just need prayer, personal, one-on-one, maybe a few people. But we want to offer that. And it came up in our, in our executive meeting to have prayer for those who may want to be there. It's not something that you're forced to do, but it could be a benefit if you desire. We never know all that a person is going through in their life. But yet, how prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Our great and heavenly Father, we want to thank you for Paul, Philemon, Onesimus, the church that met in his house, Philemon. We want to thank you that Paul addressed a matter that was pressing not willing to back away, and yet being willing to be warm about it, being willing to be affectionate, being willing to obligate himself legally. We want to thank you that in your word, tell us just like it is how it happened. We are encouraged to be prayer warriors. We are encouraged to take things to the Lord. We are encouraged That when we pray to respond and to be and act just like it has already taken place, it's already happened. You are the great God that can be trusted. You've never failed. And no matter what happens, may we say, Lord, whatever happens in our life, that, Lord, you know what's best. You know what it is. Today we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the congregation, for people. We thank you for how you move in and through the lives of people as they touch others, as we touch one another, the wonderful goodness of the King. And so today we 
honor you. We love you. We thank you for your matchless name. You are holy. You are great. You are worthy to be praised. So we pray that in this place today that you will help us now as we prepare to depart, as we prepare to go through this week. The challenges are ahead of us. We come here to refuel. We come here to be prepared and to get ready for the challenges that are coming during the week. What the enemy has already began to craft, Lord, we pray that you will set up a guard, that you will set up protection, that you will give us a trust and a dependence in you. No matter what comes, no matter what fiery darts the enemy may throw, we pray that they will be quenched. We love you for who you are, and we thank you for your righteousness. Be honored, be exalted, be lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.